I'm Chantel, and you're listening to Mommy Talk. Today is January 18th. It's MLK Day, and I'm so, so excited about this episode because we have our first ever guest. Um, she was my college roommate and still my friend, so I, I feel as though that says a lot about how much we enjoy each other. Um, but she's now a mom of one soon to be two and she currently resides in atlanta so lashonda welcome to the clubhouse say hi boo thank you hi everybody (laughs) okay so before we get into it today's episode is brought to you by cool moms club Um, cool moms club is a lifestyle brand created specifically for dope moms looking to shop witty basics at an affordable price from hoodies and tees to wine glass sets and totes Treat yourself by going to the site, thecoolmomsclub.com, and shopping. Okay, so since LaShonda is here today, we're going to get uh, the two truths and a lie from her, our guest. So for those of you that don't know what two truths and a lie is, it's a simple game where we have to determine what's the truth and what's the lie. So LaShonda, let's, let's hear what you have. Okay, let's see if I can at least stump you. Okay. Um, so the first one is, um, I baked and decorated my daughter's baby shark birthday cake. Um, the second one is, I have consistently stuck to my 30-minute yoga routine for the last two weeks in a row. Third one is, I believe there are some perks to going into the office. Okay, so you baked your daughter's baby shark cake. You have kept up with your 30-minute yoga routine, and you feel as though there's some perks to going into the office. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, perfect. So at the end of today's episode, I'm going to guess which two of the three statements you shared are true and what's the lie. I think I already have an idea. But but we'll see um, if I'm right in a few minutes. So, all right, I got them down, though. I'm, I'm excited to see what they are. In the meantime, um, as I said, it's MLK Day. Today we celebrate the birthday of a legend, um, an activist, yes. a brave leader during a scary time. And now that I'm a mom, I feel as though I have you know, just so much more appreciation for our civil rights leaders, um, those that were so bold to fight for what is right, which, you know, ultimately, ultimately led to the betterment of our, of our current world. Um, our kids no longer have the limitations on who they can become or, uh, what they can do because of these very visible, um, civil rights leaders. So thank you for everything. Um, you know, just to name a few, W.E.B. Um, DeBose and Frederick Douglass, A. Philip Randolph, and of course, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Um, <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like I said, to name a few. Um, when I think back to growing up, I... I don't remember discussing equality or 
racism outside of school. Uh, I was born in the South, um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to be exact. I grew up in, in Titusville, Florida, which is a predominantly white town. But I can't remember really experiencing race racism firsthand growing up, which I feel like that may be why my parents never brought up the topic. I don't know. But I, I do remember others being very aware of my skin color. I was one of the only black kids at my daycare. Um, I was like two of three black dancers at a studio, the only black cheerleader on a squad. And, and that's how others describe me. So they would say, um, you know, you know, Chancel, the only, um, the black cheerleader, you know, the black one. <laughs> um, it was very, um, it was, uh, it was very known that I was the black girl. Um, but again, I don't remember being mistreated because I was the black girl. And so I believe that's why it wasn't really a topic brought up in my house. Um, even after high school, you know, going off to college at Florida State, I didn't feel the need to be guarded because of the way that I looked. I didn't feel um, it really, I, I didn't really feel like there was a barrier, I, I guess, until I started my career in Jacksonville. So um, you've been to Jacksonville before. Yeah. And, and I feel like Jacksonville is one of those cities that are still kind of segregated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it has like the South side is predominantly white. The North side is predominantly black. And it was then where I really started to see things differently. I saw people were given special treatment, consideration, uh, even so much more understanding, I guess, if if they were white. Uh, so it was a time that was very disheartening for me at the age of 26, which if you can imagine, I was an adult by this time. Um, okay. And... I was, I didn't ever have the preview of seeing any type of injustice. Um, it was just kind of like, oh, this is new when, when I did see it, you know, at, at the age of 26. But what about, what about you? Like, how was it for you growing up? What type of conversations did you guys have in your house, if any, um, and what, perhaps any stories you can share that your parents um, kind of warned you about? Um, so I feel like our situation was kind of similar um, in that I feel like I was a little sheltered for quite a while. Um, I don't, um, I cannot recall like any conversations um, had between my parents and I um, in our, you know, immediate household, you know, directly related to race and inequality, you know, in this country. Um, I, I remember, I can remember like, you know, us watching Rodney King, you know, 
get beat down in the streets. But I don't remember after that a conversation. You know what I mean? Something kind of explaining to us what was going on and why it was happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, maybe I was old enough to kind of infer a bit on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't really feel like, you know, my parents sat me down and, and, you know, was like, LaShonda, you know, this is what's going on in the world, you know? Yeah. Um, I do have um, an uncle in my family who um, who was born uh, James and is now <laughs> um, Tufu, you know? Like, so he has kind of radically changed um, based on his beliefs that, you know, we as a people have to save ourselves Mm -hmm. and um that we are responsible for um (laughs) that we're responsible for our stance in the country that we're responsible for our progress you know Mm -hmm. and we can't put that on anybody else and um so I have you know been surrounded you know in a sense especially my dad's side of the family um in a family full of pride um and a family who like has let me know that what I am is beautiful and that I am fully capable of doing anything that anybody else is and so I guess that leads me into experiences that I had when I got older and like you I moved to rural Florida um when I was older and um, I was was working in a place called Arcadia, Florida. <laughs> now, this is like south of Tampa, uh, like north of Fort Myers. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very rural. Small population. I mean, people are like riding their horses to Walmart. Like, <laughs> um, so I don't know if that, can, if that gives you guys a visual of kind of what I'm talking about. But I mean, small population, but the back, black population is even smaller. I mean, it, I mean, it was <laughs> maybe like 5%. Um, so <laughs> me, you know, coming there from, you know, I guess the state's capital, mm-hmm. uh, and, and working for working at a health department, a local health department, but, but as a, um, as a direct hire of a federal agency, um, and being a black young woman who was reporting to older, um, you know, white, you know, superiors, it was a compromise. It was a very compromising situation. It was, it was hostile, not necessarily in the way that, um, people acted outwardly, mm-hmm. but in their attitudes toward me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of striking to me. Um, in addition, I was I would drive back and forth to Tallahassee, back and forth to Tallahassee from Arcadia or Lakewood Ranch where I actually lived. And I remember specifically one night um, I was on the road and there was a truck like full of like men. And I remember specifically, they kind of like were driving around me, like um, swerving around me. And they were like yelling like the N word at me. And like, I couldn't believe it. Like, I was like, what is happening? Like, and I was terrified because I didn't know what they were going to do. But they were just basically like taunting me, you know. So Um, this was like, what, 
2011? This was probably like 2011, in between t- in between 2010 and 2012. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this was... It's crazy. This was like around... So, so Obama was president okay. then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. <laughs> it's really crazy. It's really crazy. But... It, I, but not, I mean, when you think about the times that we're in right now, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, those people are now everywhere. <laughs> no, it's, you know I mean? it's funny that you, you say that because I feel like today is sadly so much worse than how things were, like, I don't know, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. back when we were in high school. And again, perhaps maybe... It's because we were, like you said, shielded or, you know, we didn't, Mm -hmm. we weren't previewed to this type of behavior, even though we grew up in predominantly white neighborhoods and Mm -hmm. towns, we didn't see this, but, um, and, and it's even crazier that less than 10 years ago, we had a black president. So mm-hmm. our country was able to advance and elect a black um, leader of the United States. But with Trump coming into office and encouraging, you know, white supremacists and, and heightening racial wars, it's like we went back decades. Exactly. It's, it's just beyond crazy. So I feel like um while we didn't necessarily have these conversations growing up with our parents it's so important um okay. now more than ever to have these conversations with our our kids Absolutely. um Eric and I we felt that we wouldn't i guess have to have these conversations about racism with the kids until years down the road i don't know perhaps like when taylor was i don't know heading to get his license and just you know trying to make him aware of like hey if you ever get pulled over this is what you need to do like maybe perhaps having those conversations then but the fact that we were forced to have these conversations and discussions with Taylor, who, by the way, is just seven. He just turned seven yeah. um, this past summer. That's when we had to have these talks um, with him being home and just seeing things on, on television, um, particularly the the walkouts of the NBA players. That's kind of what started it. You know, a conversation oh, wow. was definitely needed to explain to him um hey this is why they're not playing son also this is why you see officers carrying shields and dress for combat this is why you're hearing these names george floyd brianna taylor um ahmaud arbery um it was just it was such a very emotional moment for all of us but I will say I'm I'm grateful that we were able to have um, most of the control of the conversation. So although we couldn't push the topic off and wait until he was at least 
a few years older. I'm happy that we were able to explain to him, hey, this is what it is. And we were able to, um, from that, or from those um, conversations, have a more healthier conversation with just different tools and books um, that we were able to purchase and buy. I know that Langston just turned two, um, who is absolutely the cutest. I I love her (laughs) name. Um, But any idea on on how you and Winston will introduce the the topic of racism to her? Um, No, it's not planned, really. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, (laughs) the way that I think we choose to parent is that it's never too early for a serious conversation. And so, you know, just like you and Eric, you know, seize the moment, (laughs) even though you didn't expect to, um, I think we'll be doing the same thing, but we're already having conversations with her about her skin, um, about the way that she looks, about the fact that she doesn't look like everybody and everybody doesn't look like her. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that kind of shapes, you know, I think that's a good foundation for the conversation. I mean, it's also about her self-esteem, yeah. you know, about her, you know, the way that she sees herself and sees herself in the world. But I mean, we're already, you know, looking in the mirror, you know, yeah. we're already telling her that she's beautiful. You know what I mean? We're already teaching her about her hair, about her texture, about other textures, you know, mm. um, like that kind of thing, I think is gonna make it a little bit easier for us to have the conversation with her. I mean, she watches TV, you know, from time to time, yeah. you know, it's, it's funny that certain things kind of catch her her attention. I remember um, when we were watching, I don't know, CNN, I don't know, we were watching some news outlet and um, Tamika Mallory was on the phone, uh, was on the TV. And I think it was after um, George Floyd and she was, you know, you know, (sighs) spitting fire really, you know, (laughs) Um, just, just poignantly, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and Langston was totally enthralled. Wow. And I was like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, she sees a woman up there that looks like her. You know what I mean? And she is serious and she's powerful. And I was just going to say that. Like, she's (laughs) she's such a dynamic speaker that Mm -hmm. I feel like anyone, you know, who hears her would just kind of stop in their footsteps to hear, Mm -hmm. to see, like, or hear what she is talking about, what is what is she trying to convey and it's it tells even more um of just like her presence and the authority that she um possess for a two-year-old um to be exactly. able to to stop and know that wait a minute this this is serious this is serious so yeah that, but it also it also you know signified to me that Langston is aware you know what I mean that she recognizes what power looks like she recognizes what strength looks like and 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 I think that that has a lot to do with when you have the conversation with your child is knowing your child and knowing what they're aware of what they aren't aware of what they're ready for and what they're not ready for 
that's, so that's a really, really good point. Um, yeah. I have a friend, um, her daughter is, I think like two years or maybe like a year and a half older than Taylor. Mm-hmm. And she was sharing with me some books that, um, her daughter was reading about, you know, just racism, discrimination. And, um, it was a book about her, um, about a, a young boy and he had gotten into some trouble with officers and she was like, yeah, it's a really good read. Um, you should definitely get it for Taylor. And then, so I looked it up on Amazon and I read, you know, what, what it was about. And then Mm -hmm. I also read some of the reviews and I was like, no, Taylor's not ready for this. You're, you, you just have to be aware of what Mm -hmm. your child can handle. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like I said, she's a year and a half older than Taylor, but I feel Mm -hmm. like she's also very mature for her age. And so, um, I just knew after reading those reviews, like, this is not something he's, he's ready for. Yeah. Um, you have to know. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, are there any books or, or videos or, um, other resources you guys have tapped into, um, to expose links then to racism um, or just, you know, being more aware of who she is where she came from yeah I think like I have kind of a repertoire ready to go like um well she's already like watching the like uh I love my hair video on like mm-hmm. Sesame Street like yeah. you can't mm-hmm. go wrong with that <laughs> yeah that's so cute um and then you know like cartoons and stuff like that they're already hitting on that kind of stuff and in the world that we live in today like it's easy to like um you know find those episodes um online so like I know Arthur uh hit on racism um I know Sesame Street did and um there's one other but PBS is a really good resource um and so I plan, that's where I plan to start <laughs> besides the conversations that we have with her. I mean, I, I prefer to be the first source, yeah. you know, um, of information and, and my story kind of being, you know, a, a good place to start and her dad as well. Right. Um, and then, and then definitely I feel like she learns a lot when she reads, um, or when we read to her. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I don't have any specific books right now, um, so I'm I'm looking at you for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I can I can definitely help you with YouTube and like finding some television shows. So for us, uh, Taylor Taylor has has quite a few books in his little library that highlight black heroes. Many of those being uh, civil rights activists. Um, we found. Majority of them, though, like Target, Amazon, um, a few that I can just think of off the top of my head, um, ABCs of Equality. It's a cute little book. Um, it's probably more so for Brooklyn now that I think of it, um, but it's a book that goes through the alphabet, just outlining relevant words that begin with 
with each letter. So A is for, I think, like ability, B is for believe. Um, and then it just, you know, goes down, like I said, the, the entire alphabet. He also has this Black Heroes book um, that's perfect for kids. It's, it's definitely a little bit more advanced. So, uh, and this one we have him read pretty often just so that he's just aware of his history. And it's, it's crazy. I feel like because he's reading these books, he is much more <laughs> um, familiar with um, black heroes outside of just like, you know, the, the MLKs and the, um, Thurgood Marshalls and, you know, like he knows a lot of black role models that are, you know, in the past and the present. So I, I just think it's phenomenal that, um, to have those type of books, um, for Brooklyn, there's this book. Um, called Hair Love. It's the cutest book. I have it. I have it. I love it. Yes, it is the cutest book. I and love I love it. that uh, they have the the auto version narrated by Blue Ivy now. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I, I haven't heard the entire book narrated by her. I just heard like a snippet. But it's <laughs> so cute. And I feel like it's the perfect voice of the of the main character like it's mm-hmm. just it's this it's the cutest I'll do that. yeah there's also um she also brooklyn also has this dream big little ones book um i got that one from target too and it's about black female role models like may jam Jim- jamison um katherine johnson and i got it when she was like I don't know, maybe one or two, um, but because there's not many pictures, it definitely doesn't keep her attention. So uh. <laughs> I've just been kind of saving it for when she's of age to really mm-hmm. understand, um, like the the different heroes or whatnot. As for movies, uh, Taylor actually just recently saw Re- Remember the Titans, and he really enjoyed it. I think. Uh, we talked to him a little more about the story just to see if he understood what was happening, mm-hmm. um, which he did. He had a few questions, but I thought it was just a great film for someone like him. Um, Does that movie make you cry? I cry like every time. I did cry. <laughs> I did cry. And I feel like, I don't know, like those types of movies, I always, it always makes me emotional and like mm-hmm. I said even more so now that I have kids mm-hmm. just to yeah. think of like what if you know this was your child or you know and you just all you have to do is just pray that hopefully they don't encounter something like that but if they mm-hmm. do if they do I just pray that they are equipped to handle it in a way that doesn't just scar them (laughs) um and they're you know it it just makes them stronger in the end so um but it was it was a good like I said it was a good film um he loves football he loves sports 
So just to see how racism can be displayed in that context um, was good to for him to see that because, like I said, he's reading these books about black history and he's definitely aware of racism um but to actually see it play out outside of like the 60s -hmm. (laughs) which Mm -hmm. is what you know he's been reading about um it was it was good for him to see that um Let's see. I think that's like the only movie that I can really remember talking, you know, blatantly about race. Um, but there, there are definitely so many resources out there um, to sway the direction of, I feel like, a healthy conversation about yeah. race, uh, regardless of what your race is, you know, if you're white, black orange purple whatever like like I said more than ever it's it's time for parents to have these conversations with their kids um particularly in like the climate that we're in right now it's just things are just so tense unfortunately and like I said I feel like we did go back a couple decades um because of our leadership that we had so um but hopefully these resources that are out there um can help sway those those conversations or at least start those conversations i'm also going to put some of these books that we listed some of the shows that you listed on our um, cool moms club blog cmc talks so for those that want to see the complete list uh, you can just head over there and it will be available for you to check out um anything else you want to you want to add before we wrap up um just to i mean you know it's great that you're offering these resources and like we're having this talk but i think like you know before we just jump into talking to our children about this that we remember to check ourselves and to check our own hearts and to check our own biases and um try to get that straight you know what i mean before we try to teach our future you know what i mean no that's Um, so true on what's right and what's wrong and you know how to treat people you know so that's think, true. You know, That's a really, really take, good point. Yeah, we all can take a good look in the mirror. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody is mm-hmm. nobody is is always just on the right side of this. You right. know what I mean? Right. Um, even being the minority, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You think about how you look at your own people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and think about how you look at other minorities. <laughs> no, so, it's um, true. Yeah, just, just a reminder. Yeah, yeah I I think that's that's so good that's such a great point because even Eric and I we've been trying to catch ourselves in some of the things that we say out loud um, just trying to not put those um, thoughts or beliefs on our kids um, based on what we're 
like I said, what what's being shown on television, what's being said on social media, we find ourselves having these conversations, but then we're we think like, oh wait, did Brooklyn just hear that? Did Taylor just hear that? You know, we just right. want to be mindful that they aren't being jaded or persuaded by some other things. Yeah, that that we're saying because, you know, we can certainly understand like, okay, this is what it is. But at the age of seven, at the age of four, we definitely don't want them now thinking like, oh, wait, so this is how the world is. Like, this is how things, you know, go. Um, so yeah, that, that's a really, really good point. Making sure that we kind of check ourselves, um, before we start really talking about racism and, and molding, shaping our, our children to think one thing besides other than to love everyone, regardless of, of what they look like. Um, all right. So before we head out. Um, we have to get to the bottom of these truths and lies. So, wait, one more time. What what were they? Okay, the first one was that I baked um, and decorated my daughter's custom baby shark birthday cake. Mm-hmm. The second one was I have consistently stuck to my 30-minute yoga routine mm-hmm. for the last two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And the third one was that I believe that there are some perks to going into the office. Okay, so the baby shark, you baking the you baking and decorating the baby shark cake, I absolutely think that's true. Am I right? You're right. Yes. So <laughs> Shonda makes the best cakes like I don't I didn't even know this being in college and I and I feel like I guess that was a good thing because I definitely would have gained so much weight I still remember (laughs) coming up there I can't even remember why I came up there oh it was for um Shannon's birthday and you made these cupcakes and I feel like I ate like six cupcakes (laughs) They were just so good. I can still taste them to this day. They were like lemon flavored. <laughs> they were so light and fluffy. Oh my god! And You're they good. were so good, so good. <laughs> so I, I definitely knew that was the truth. Um, and then the next one, I think you're going. I think you sticking to your thirty minutes yoga routine. I I think that's the lie. Am I right? You're right. Ah! <laughs> You're right. You know. <laughs> you so, knew it. I um it's too easy. Are you are you into yoga now? I'm I'm so into yoga, but I just can't stay consistent. But I'm it's like my this it's my new year's resolution. Like I need to get my life together, especially since I'm pregnant. Like <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna get through this pregnancy through labor and delivery without it. So I really need to get back into gear like now. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's cool. I love that. I love that you're yeah. you've picked that up. But um no, I didn't Phil, I didn't think that it was because, like, you needed to get your life together. I just felt because 
I hadn't heard you talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah. to, um, so I thought that that's why I was like, oh, that's not a lie. She would have told me about that one. So <laughs> the other truth is um, you feeling as though there's perks to going back into the office, which I thought absolutely was a truth because of the fact <laughs> you have a two-year-old <laughs> at home with you. So, um, so yeah, well, so what do you miss most about being in the office? Um, I think what I miss most is like my lunch break. <laughs> like I miss like that time to like go out and like get whatever I want to eat mm-hmm. and like, or like mm-hmm. have girlfriend time, you know what I mean? With my coworkers mm-hmm. or like, I don't know, take a nap, you know what I mean? Like just that time that is automatically like cut out just for me. You know what I mean? And it's yep. like, it's, it's no one, <laughs> no one can interrupt it. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, it's tough being accessible 24 seven. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I and completely so, get it. Yeah. 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 That's what I miss most. That's what I'm mean. like being able to like run that errand. You know what yep. I mean? And like, I mean, I know I have to go back to work, but it's not like I'm like under some time. Like, right. I, I mean, yeah, but it's different. You know what right. I mean? It's right. Like... Right. No, I completely <laughs> get different. it. The other yeah. day I, I had to go to Target to pick up something and I right next to our Target is a Chick-fil-A and I went to the drive through. I got my food and sat in the car. Oh my God. And ate and it was the best thing ever. Oh my gosh. Because I don't remember, I don't remember like just being able to like get something to eat and eating without any disruption. Eric eats at like 1030 at night, which is (laughs) absurd, but I understand why he does it because Mm -hmm. he does not have the interruption of the kids Mm -hmm. who. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing I do. Yeah. I don't eat when everybody else eats because I, I can't. Yeah. Like, I have to cook it, and then I have to make sure you eat it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Also, right. I'm probably making two different meals that night because mm-hmm. Lexington doesn't eat anything that we eat. So, it's it's just all a joke. Yeah. So, I totally understand, Eric. Like, I totally, I totally yeah. get it. I mean, at first, I thought it was, like I said, absurd that he eats that late at night. Mm-hmm. But then I thought about it. I was like, Oh, he's actually really smart to eat when everybody's sleeping and you can just enjoy every single bite. You can turn on the television, watch what you wanted to watch and just have that time to yourself. So I think he discovered something that few of us know. He's smart. (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, Thank you so much for your time today. It was such a pleasure, boo. Thanks for having me. Yes, I know that we've already talked about you coming back soon. I don't remember when that is, but whenever <laughs> it I'll is, I'm already looking forward to it. I'm I I just love talking to you and particularly now that we both have kids and like I said, you're soon to be a mom of two, just like me. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. (laughs) 
So next week, we'll be talking about uh, birthday celebrations, whether it's theme parties, girls trips, private dinners, or VIP bottle service at the club. We want to know what does your birthday celebration look like now? Now that you're a mom, what are you, what, what is it like to, to celebrate? We'll also share um, some ideas on how to celebrate safely um, now that we are in a pandemic. <laughs> um, that's important. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss that one. Um, but okay, moms, I think that is it. Uh, LaShonda, like I said, thank you so much for coming. I hope you have an amazing week. Um, and you. remember to take some time for you. Take some time out to do that yoga, even if it's just for 10 minutes. You deserve Done. it. Done. Done. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Bye.